0: Welcome to the Faithful and True Podcast. Today, we're happy to bring to you another legacy podcast going back to our days of the Men of Valor program with our host, Dr. Mark Laser. Although Mark is no longer with us, uh, we still uh, appreciate and cherish the uh, the content, the, the wisdom and the knowledge that Mark always shared with us on that program. Uh, today, we're going to feature... A show that was called The Lies That We Believe. And specifically what Mark's going to be talking about are the lies that we believe about sex and the chaos that they that can create when we live out of those lies. So we hope that you'll enjoy this broadcast of the podcast.
1: Okay, so we're going to basically tie all of this to a passage which we've talked about quite a bit—Romans uh, 12:2. Uh, Don't be conformed to the ways of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, you know, a number of different times on the show we've talked about mind renewal and neuroscience, neurochemistry, you know, brain health, and and all of that. And uh, I want to really emphasize in this series. Uh, the first part of this, which is don't conform to the ways of the world. And to not conform to the ways of the world, I think we need to take a time out and ask ourselves the question, you know, what, in fact, are the ways of the world and what, in fact, are the lies that culture is teaching us uh, about sexuality? So the one I wanted to talk about today, and, uh, you know, we can, I think, maybe all get into any of our own examples of this, and one of the things that with this show that we often encourage is, you know, for those of you listening to to think about how you relate to this particular lie uh, or this particular core belief, because some of what we're talking about here is distorted core beliefs that can be the result of these lies of culture. So the one that I wanted to talk about today is um, this very simple uh, core belief that our worth as a person is based on our appearance, in other words, our attractiveness, and our uh, performance. When it comes to sexuality, that our worth as a person uh, is equal to our sexual attractiveness and our ability to sexually perform. So, there you go.
0: Wow. And, and when, <laughs> well, the, the thing that I'm struck by there is, first of all, your idea to even have this series, because I think we become numb To uh, all of these cultural uh, messages that are kind of were were battered by them, and that goes back to everything from uh, your stories about uh, being in the drugstore and and the uh, the front covers of all the magazines and the messages that are being delivered there. Mm -hmm. What we see on on the television uh, each night in the kind of messages being delivered there, even the advertising in our world today. Um, mm-hmm. We are bombarded with all kinds of sexual imagery to the point that uh, after a while, are we even noticing uh, it becomes so commonplace?
1: Right. I was just thinking that, uh, you know, going through this season of, uh, of uh, time in my life where I'm, having to take a little time off to you know deal with uh, treatment uh, for this uh, illness that I have i I've been uh, bit home in the mornings and it's it's tempting to uh, uh, watch some of the shows that I've noticed at uh, the nursing homes when I visited <laughs> my father when he was still alive and now Debbie's parents. Um, Are you up to date on the
0: prices, right? Prices, right. I am
1: really <laughs> kind of clued into the prices right now, and uh, uh, what I notice about that is the same thing that I would have noticed even as a small boy when I was watching Bob Barker is that there uh, there is really an emphasis on the uh, the models, on the attractiveness of the models, and uh, a number of years ago I was watching some. New show like the Today Show, I think, and one of those models that was kind of one of the historically long-running models uh, was being interviewed about, you know, their approach to the show and what they were trying to do. And for some reason, uh, this one model, who was in fact, you know, a very uh, physically attractive person, she uh, said, "What what we are instructed to do, what we try to do about all of these products." Is we try, to, we try to imagine that we are making love to the products. And I said, What? You know, it's like that is crazy. So here are, you know, all the various products that they're having people bid on. And uh, when they're displaying these products, they, they are in, you know, a very kind of uh, attractive, seductive way. Um, you
0: didn't think that a washer and dryer could be made to, to appear sexy.
1: Well, you know that's but that, that that's kind of the extent that some of these lies will actually go to uh, one of the new things that I've noticed is that they now have a male model, and whenever this male model is on the show, invariably before the show is over, he is going to appear uh, without a shirt without on, a shirt on without okay. a shirt on. so why am I picking on the prices right? I guess it's just my current cultural experience, but um and here I think about all the people that are watching that show and, and uh, all of that. But the, the idea, the lie, is that uh, uh, we are, our value is based on uh, physical appearance. And how far back does that go for all of us? When do we first learn that lesson? That's one of the things that I wanted to challenge the audience with today. How old are we when we start getting affirmed, or in the opposite, criticized uh, about our appearance. Right. So um, uh, I remember being self-conscious about these issues, you know, even in grade school. Uh, uh, and I'm, I'm sure that by the time we get to, to middle school or, in my case, junior high, uh, we, are, we are consciously establishing, uh, you know, who are the attractive people. Yeah. You know, who are the unattractive people? And uh, we are teaching ourselves this lie that our worth as human beings is based on on physical appearance. That's the first part of this lie, by the way. In this this first show, uh, I notice that uh, a lot of times when we're talking about sexuality, the word performance also comes up, and that our culture has taught us that that performance is a measure of, sexual performance is a measure of, you know, whether we're capable, good people, whether we're uh, uh, a valuable spouse. Uh, I was talking to a guy yesterday who was simply saying that uh, in his anxiety about getting back together with his wife, um, he was not able to perform. That's just a common common term that we sometimes use you know and I think um, that just goes to show you that we are obsessed with uh, performance and uh, I'd much rather you know this guy talk about was you know were he and his wife able to spiritually connect were they able to emotionally connect um, you know much rather that, than whether or not he was able to um, achieve, you know, some sexual act, and it's like he was distraught and and uh, completely sad and in tears over the fact that he was not able to perform. It's like his self worth is based on performance, and all that in light of being bombarded
0: mm-hmm. by the uh, TV and uh, magazine ads for Cialis, Viagra, right. all of these male right. enhancement products. Right. Uh, you know, whether you want to see it or not, mm-hmm. uh, if you are a, a male in today's culture, you are bombarded with unwanted, unsolicited emails and th- everything about m- male enhancement and, and all of this kind of thing, mm-hmm. uh, with the presumption me being that we are less than we should be.
1: Exactly. So uh you're you're right on there in terms of the uh the advertising the products the uh, so forth and you're talking about men there with all of that uh, uh I think about um how in a way uh women uh get objectified uh early on by you know whether they are considered to be you know physically attractive i mean you know we we joke about it in high school and college we we rate people we give them numbers we you know do that kind of thing and i i think it's it's a, a a tragedy and it's a lie that satan has convinced us of that sexuality is uh uh more important than it really is before we close the show today i want to make sure that you know cuz i know we we do have couples that are listening and uh Uh, I really want them to have a conversation about uh, their participation in this lie or this core belief. Because I know in the midst of recovery from sexual addiction, it's uh, oftentimes really hard for a wife not to think, and this is assuming that the husband is the sex addict, of course, that uh, uh, her performance or her appearance or her attractiveness... Uh, is the reason why he had to go elsewhere. You know, whether it was simply to pornography or, you know, other relationships, uh, and that is a lie. I mean, their, addiction is not about uh, performance that way. It's not about the attractiveness of the wife. It's uh, about a lot of other factors, which we discuss regularly on these shows. But uh, I just want to speak against that. I, di- I just want to come against this satanic lie that our uh, worth in in a marriage our our worth as a human being has anything to do with sexuality period uh performance attraction whatever else it is now that we know what the lie is and we have firmly established that what's the truth that we can kind of think about in 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 hopes of fighting this lie that yeah, we're Yeah what's the attacked what's the counter so reaction often, yeah well the counter reaction is what where you know where does our worth come from you know our worth comes from uh the fact that we are we are children of god that uh, he intends to be in relationship with us he has created us uh, 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 fearfully and wonderfully Uh, regardless of our size shape color of our hair our eyes you know know, various other physical qualities you know god loves us so much wants to be in relationship with us and uh, considers us his sons his precious sons and daughters you know that is the truth. Our worth is more about our spiritual relationship to God and our spiritual relationship to each other.
0: So once again, with the old adage that uh, beauty is in the eye of the beholder, right. you're just you're inviting us to refocus our thought process mm-hmm. in, in, in evaluating isn't the right word, but but if we are spiritually connected mm-hmm. to our wife, right. to our partners, right. you know, then your first uh, reaction is not going to be a judgmental one. It's going to be a spiritual one.
1: Right. One of the th- one of the great things that I've discovered about this and, you know, I guess I'm guilty of talking about myself sometimes too much, but, you know, as, as Debbie and I... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they're laughing because they're agreeing with <laughs> so me. But, uh, Aaron um, and I just, we,
0: we just exchanged a look with each other. <laughs> well, all. you know, I...
1: I, I Maybe sometimes too often use my own self as my own best example. But um, one of the things that, that that I have found to be unbelievably fantastic is that, uh, you know, Debbie and I uh, have known each other since uh, she was 17 and I was 18. So, you know, uh, she was an uh, uh, absolutely beautiful uh, girl. And, uh, you know, I was totally infatuated with her back at 17. And uh, so now we've been married for 40-plus years, and uh, one of the things that uh, I've noticed is that as we have consciously worked on our spiritual connection uh, and our emotional connection over the years, that she has actually grown in terms of my perception of her physical beauty. She's more beautiful today yes.
0: than she was at age 17. At age
1: 17. That is a bold statement. Uh, But in terms of my perception, that is true. Now, uh, I won't even, because it's too personal, get into anything about sexuality between the two of us, but the fact of it is that uh, sex, the the quality of sex when it occurs between a husband and a wife is entirely related to how much they are spiritually connected. Mm -hmm. It has absolutely nothing to do with frequency of sex, it has absolutely nothing to do with variety of sex. It has absolutely nothing to do with whether or not you know uh finishing or orgasm is is achieved uh, It has nothing to do with those physical things mm-hmm. uh, It has everything to do with do we enter it uh, uh, with uh, that spiritual friendship and companionship and connection as long as I'm out on this limb, I might as well stay there for a minute but uh one of the things that has been happening, I mean, given, you know, my recovery from this disease I have, uh, 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 there are certain things that physically I'm not able to do and other things that, that I am able to do. But um, uh, every night, uh, uh, Debbie has, you know, we've been sitting on the bed, and we've been connecting before we go to sleep, and um, uh, Debbie's been giving me a back rub, you know, night after night for all of this time, and my back is getting a lot better, by the way. But it's, you know, it's been you know, in some some pain. And one of the things that I've noticed is that uh, because of we're, we're spiritually connected, because I know, you know, our hearts are in this together, and our hearts are to heal. Um, you know, there is something you know incredibly special right. about a simple back rub. Right. Uh, I mean, it's I I contend in a way that. Uh, It's more powerful in relieving the pain than the narcotics that I've otherwise been prescribed. Well, you and
0: I are both currently seeing physical therapists, and what you're describing is like a spiritual therapist.
1: That is right. I mean, right. You are experiencing
0: right. a level of healing through Debbie's touch yeah. that, that uh, you, you can't buy that service. That's, that's, that's one right. that you can't go to uh, to get anywhere else. So it's, you're just proving your point yeah. about the power of, uh, of spiritual and emotional intimacy.
1: That is exactly right. And th- you know, one of the themes of this series is going to be that we continually need to be looking at God's transcendent reality. In other words, what is God's idea for the connection physically, emotionally, spiritually, uh, you know, of a husband and wife. And, uh, there is what I, what I, the, the world, the co- culture has no way of understanding this transcendent reality apart from God. And, uh, anything less is counterfeit. It's absolute counterfeit. And, uh, you can have sex with, you know, a thousand different partners and it's all counterfeit, um, Spiritual sexuality is God's intention. It's our, it's the transcendent reality of the gift that He's given to a husband and wife. Um, we're going to continue this theme because I think cent- central to our judgment of what culture is trying to teach us is the fact that the God's reality is uh, about the the spiritual love. Uh, and christ like connection between a husband and wife, that is where sexuality is to be expressed, not out in public, not on film you know uh, lots of other things that 's not meant to be what 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 happens to us when uh, you know we we perceive in culture and let's let 's be honest you know radio you know is one form of culture there are you know so many other cultural outlets from you know, movies and television, music, uh, now social media and so forth. Um, uh, how, you know, how many uh, times during a given day are we faced with explicitly, uh, you know, uh, very overt uh, sexual, sexual messages, sexual images? Uh, uh, and I would guess on a given day, if we ever took time to count it, it's probably at least 100 times. Uh, but what I'm really interested in when we think about the lies that we believe, uh, what is the lie therefore that we believe? Well, we believe that um, the, you know the whole world is out there uh, pursuing sexuality uh, the whole world is engaging in sexuality and uh, I think one of the the most devastating lies that comes out of this is that if I myself am not participating in this cultural revolution this this openness of uh, about sexuality, then there must be something wrong with me. Um, I'm being left out. That's that's the kind of the the core belief underneath some of these lies that I wanted to get to, which uh, kind of segues from our show last week that you know my my appearance, my self worth is based on my appearance and my sexual capabilities. You know, if we think about it uh, this week in terms of everybody is having sex, sex is all around us. Um, what, what are we left to believe if we ourselves are trying to maintain a higher sexual standard and we're not participating in all the participating in all of this sexuality? I, I think, uh, uh, the, the bottom line is that we feel left out and that we feel like we're less than. And, uh, we feel, you know, when you think about the association that we just talked about between sports and sexuality, you know, I must be less than a man if I'm not interested in all of these things. The other thing that we were talking about is I think sometimes we Christians, we sit on our hands. Uh, we have been accused of being puritanical. We've been accused of being repressive. We have been abused, uh, abused, uh, accused of being self-righteous and uh and therefore, we get a little afraid to stand up we we uh, we get afraid to speak, we get afraid to talk about this we get afraid to to state that no it's it's not okay to be randomly sexual it's it's not okay to objectify you know tons and tons of women every day to think about this for a moment as we get to that uh, transformation of the mind part, part of the consideration is. Uh, as we transform our mind, as we transform our thinking, as we grow in maturity, what is it to be a man? What is it to be a real man? Uh, And by by the way, I know I'm talking right now primarily to our male listeners. Uh, uh, I I hope the the ladies of of our audience know that we're we're trying to uh, also speak to them in terms of uh, Recognizing on our part as men that it is totally adolescent, totally objectifying you know to get into some of this stuff so uh, but as men, I think we really need to uh, to understand what is God's intention for us, what is God's calling to us in terms of being real men and real men do not take advantage of women. real men do not have sex with every possible woman they can. real men do not uh, objectify the appearance of other women. Uh, uh, real men uh, are committed in uh, if they're married in one marriage. I could go on with that. We've talked about that theme many number of times. I think it's a change in attitude about what it's like to be a man, what it's like to be masculine, what it's like to be strong, and uh, those are the ways that we actually find, I think, true fellowship with Christ. And we we find we need to find fellowship with other men who believe the same thing.
0: That's what I was about to say. The the man that you are describing is the type of man that I want to hang out with.
1: Yeah, exactly. It,
0: so. it isn't these other guys. And, and I think that you have so hit the target with your your uh, observations there. That's the impression I get. They have this burning desire to be one of the boys. And, and yeah. if they thought, you know, if they were strong enough or man enough to stand up and say, you know what, this yeah. is really adolescent. Yeah. You know, behavior. Uh, We really don't think like this. Um, Mm -hmm. That that would be refreshing. But I think that they're too afraid to think that they're not macho enough if they don't.
1: Well, yeah, I think, you know, as as we're talking about it, as I'm thinking about it, I think some of this uh, I know for myself goes back to uh, some of the the, uh, call it woundedness of childhood where I was the preacher's kid and uh, the preacher's kid sometimes was made fun of because. I lived in the preacher's home, and the preacher's kid and the preacher's home and the preacher, you know, were um, not part of normal society. They were extra special. I remember friends of mine at times saying, we can't tell Mark that particular joke because he's the preacher's kid. Well, you know, so we all want to be like real men, and I think uh, what we're talking about today is our perception of what uh, is real masculinity. And real masculinity is not about random sexuality.
0: Any closing thought that will wrap this up any better than you have already?
1: Well, I do think that uh, kind of where we're landing up is that uh, it's just for our listeners to consider the idea that even though, the, even though culture is representing to us that everyone out there seems to be having sex, that uh, if you object to this or if you find a problem with this, you're a prude, you're a Puritan, you're... You're, uh, uh, you're re- repressed, uh, you know. Then uh, I think we we Christians need to uh, to stick together in fellowship around this and uh, stand up for what real men and real women do. So uh, I, I would just say, be of good courage, find fellowship with other believers, and uh, talk about this. I think one of the things that I think uh, we all need to do more, like we're doing today, is just talk about this, expose it for what it is.
0: Thank you for joining us today on this legacy presentation uh, of the Men of Valor program that we're presenting here on the Faithful and True podcast. We always cherish these uh, opportunities to again revisit some of the wisdom and knowledge and personality of Dr. Mark Laser. We hope that uh, this podcast has been meaningful and beneficial to you. and We hope that this coming week, it's going to be a week for you that's filled with many blessings and with great vision.